Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass. And a big warm welcome back to Commonwealth Conversations, Everyday Minutemen's Story, brought to you by the Mass Collective. I'm your host, Nathan Strauss. Today's guest is Matt Vogel, who has been a longtime coach at both UMass and LIU. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit for people who don't know the Matt Vogel story? Sure. Uh, First off, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Um, I started as a manager in 2005 for Coach Ford. Uh, My senior year is when Coach Kellogg took over. I was the head manager then. Then I became a basketball intern. Then I was a graduate assistant, the video coordinator, and then the operations coordinator. So I was at UMass from 2005 to 2017. Um, I got my degree in sport management in 2009, and then I got uh, my master's degree in higher education in 2012. What brought you into the UMass program in the first place, whether it be as a, as a student or as a manager that first year? So it's, it's actually funny. When I got to campus, I knew I wanted to get involved in sports. I wasn't exactly sure what. And then one day in my sport management class, I was sitting next to somebody that had a UMass basketball sweatshirt on. And, you know, when you get to campus, you want the gear, like you want to look fresh, like all that stuff. And I was like, oh, UMass basketball. Like I grew up a Knicks fan, so Marcus Camby, I love. So I just pretty much just asked him like, Hey, where'd you get that sweatshirt? He goes, Oh, I'm a manager for the basketball team. And we're always looking for more help. So that day I went to practice. Um, Coach Ford came up to me and my friend, Corey, who both volunteered that day um, and said, Hey, we really appreciate the help. We can really use you moving forward. And every day from that day on, I was at UMass practice. I think it feels like, so I basically got my start just because I wanted a a cool sweatshirt. (laughs) What's it like being a manager? <clears throat> like what, what is the sort of day-to-day like um, in that position? So the day-to-day, um, the first thing that was always told is like you never miss class for being a manager. Like come when you can. And that's kind of how I started. But typically you show up an hour before practice. You set up with either bringing out the water bottles or having the towel set up, bring the ball rack out, rebounding for players. Uh, managers wear many hats. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. You're part of the team. Um, I was very fortunate. Um, my first, my first road trip, um, one of the senior managers, Max Wright, had already planned a trip home, so they needed somebody. And they said, "Hey, Matt, you want to go on the road?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." I didn't honestly. I don't even think I knew the schedule at that time. 
and it ended up being a holiday tournament at Madison Square Garden. So my first road trip as a 17-year-old kid, I'm sitting on the bench of the Knicks. Like, this is like the coolest thing <laughs> in the world to me. Um, I'm seeing where Pat Riley coached. I'm shooting on the same baskets and shoot around. Um, so that was really cool. And then to go back, sorry, I got distracted. To go back to um, like a day in the manager, like you participate in drills, you're rebounding for the players. You basically do anything that the coaching staff needs you to do. And you form a really good relationship with the team that team and coaching staff that way. Did you want, so obviously you end up becoming a, a, a graduate coach and then eventually a, a, a coordinator, Adobo, et cetera. Uh, did you always want to do that? Or was it really the manager position that kind of served as the gateway to that? So I always wanted to be a GM, like growing up, like that's what, that was what I love to do. I love, I, I always felt like I had a really good eye for talent. Um, and then when I became a manager, um, one of the assistant coaches, Adam Ginsberg, who's been a great mentor to me through the years, uh, pulled me aside. He goes, what do you want to do? This is probably like my sophomore, junior year. He's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, honestly, haven't really given it much thought. Like, I love being around the team. Like, I, lo I love everything about being a manager. He goes, you know, I really think you should look into coaching. I think you have, like, the personality for it. I think you would be really good. And then from that moment on, I took it really a lot more serious. And I was hanging around the office more. And that's where I really got into video. So I started doing video, like, my junior year. So I was able to learn it. And then it was when coach Kellogg took over, who was also an incredible mentor to me. And he took me under his wing and brought me to LIU with him. Um, that was my foot in the door for that coaching staff. Like I knew the editing system. I knew how to like help and break down film. And that's where they began to trust me even more. And that's why I was able to stay on staff once I graduated. So the, man the managing definitely got my foot in the door and opened my eyes to that coaching could be a profession for me. Obviously, I think nowadays, pretty much every D1 team uses Synergy, which is a program that um, gives you access to all kinds of video for pretty much every team, every game. You can cut individual plays, et cetera, et cetera. Was it always that way? Or did your job back in the beginning, was it a lot of like, you know, oh, we've got this game on DVD from, you know, Coastal Carolina against, you know, Elon. Oh, right? that up. For all the young video coordinators out there, you are extremely lucky to have synergy. Um, so when I was first there, the video coordinator was Dan Jerkowski, and we had to do the, what we called film exchange. So we had to send blank DVDs, requests, and this is, this is what I love about it, right? So opponents would never give you game tape. So if we were playing Rhode Island the first game of the year, and they played uh, first conference game of the year and they played UConn within the last five games, we would have to email UConn. And it was just like a never ending, like checking the mail, trying to fit, like hoping the, the game would get in, um, get there. And then we were able to start DVRing games. And then from the DVR box to a DVD, which was all, which would only be in real time. So like things would be a lot, a lot longer and a lot more stressful um, there have been times like we had to drive places to like pick up film because we had to make sure like the coaching staff had it right away. And I, we, we had this program called Dragonfly that would like burn, like that sometimes we'd be able to like get the video file and burn it to a DVD. But those first years, like I can't even imagine what the UPS and FedEx bill was <laughs> to make sure because we had to like send the DVDs out get them back. And then you had to hope like they didn't break in the mail, <laughs> like things like that. So 
yeah, Synergy became my best friend real quick when, uh, <laughs> when that was available to us. Obviously, you have and DK are, are, are close. Um, but what was it like going to LIU? What was your experience like, um, you know, making that sort of switch from UMass to a different school? Because obviously, you'd been at UMass for probably a decade, right? Between your time as a student. More than half my adult life, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was definitely different. Um, LIU is located in downtown Brooklyn, a few blocks from the Barclays Center. So campuses it, it's just a different world like the campus is new york city compared to umass that has the beautiful campus the great dining and things like that for me it was great i'm from brooklyn so i got to come home like i had a bunch more family and friends like at games and things like that but the it, it's just a very different world at liu compared to umass and i i I bleed maroon and white. Like I was still watching every game. I was still tuning in, um, rooting for their success because um, a two-time graduate from UMass, I was there for over a decade, and it hurt leaving UMass. Like I won't, <laughs> I won't like that. That was very painful. But fortunately enough, like Coach Kellogg was able to land at LIU and bring me with him. So, which is can't, can't thank him enough. And obviously, wishing DK the the best of luck as well as he continues his uh, his journey. Although speaking of different places, going from going from Brooklyn to Amherst to, to <laughs> Omaha, right in the span of uh, about eighteen months. No, not even eighteen months. In the span of like thirteen months, uh, get the get it's three very different environments. But um, We've been asking a bunch of people, you know, a lot of UMass specific moments. Do you have a specific UMass basketball memory that really stands out to you, either a game or, you know, something involving your time as a, as a coach? So there were two things um, that stand out to me that Friday night game against VCU with the sold out electric Mullen center crowd. Um, we ended up winning the game, but for what that environment, like walking out, from the tunnel with the towels waving from the student section, just like one of the best environments I've ever been in. Like I, I get chills talking about it. Like it was so much fun. I remember like before the season started, we knew we were, we knew we had a chance and I had never asked my parents to ever come to a game. Like I never asked them to come out of their way. They would always come to the Fordham games like in New York and they would come to the Barclays Center, but I called them. When that schedule came out, I was like, you need to be here for the VCU game. And my dad always reminds me, he goes, yeah, that was just a crazy environment. I'm so glad you made us come up for that. Like, and it was just a special, special time to, to be at UMass. Like that season, we were ranked um, nationally for the first time um, in a while. Um, so that, that was really cool. And then the second memory that stands out was on Selection Sunday that same season, seeing UMass flash across the screen. Because when I got there in 2005, it was, we have to get back to the NCAA tournament. We have to get back to the NCAA tournament. And I and I think outside of the Bruiser Cal years, I think UMass has only made the NCAA tournament twice. I think one was 1962, and the other one was 2014 when we made it. And just that that feeling of pride to see like UMass back on the screen um, back where we belong. It was, it was just awesome. It was a lot of, a lot of hours went into that, like a lot of things behind the scenes and seeing it all come together, getting that six seed and seeing UMass on selection Sunday was is something I'll never forget. Without a doubt, 
Uh, and, I, and I can exp- I can say too, having experience on the women's side too, because I hosted the watch party um, on Selection Sunday for the women's team two years ago. It really is just so cool when you're watching an ESPN. You're watching ESPN. You know, every college basketball minded person around the country is also tuning in, and you're like, oh well, now we're seeing the inside of the Champion Center. You mean the place where I'll like go and huck up threes like in the middle of the afternoon for no reason? Like, it's 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 so cool. Um, and hopefully we get to see it again uh, and again and again. Absolutely. Uh, on Absolutely. the obviously we're here uh, in part or in large part because of the Massachusetts Collective, and NIL has obviously changed a whole lot since uh, you began your UMass journey. How do you view NIL's importance, and how does it sort of give UMass an edge in uh, in recruiting and in everything? Well, I think it's imperative to any program. Like if you're you're going to get left behind if you don't have something like this because that's just the way the game is. I think I read an article yesterday that Villanova has $3 million um, for their team this year. And they're, they're the, they're the program you want to be right. A few national championships. So like they're, they're setting the standard of what it can be. And honestly, what Pat does with this raising money, however he can to help every little dollar helps because if you don't have it, you're, you basically can't get, you can't get in the conversation for recruiting at this level, if you don't have something that you can offer. So the, the game has changed and it's great that the players are able to make money off themselves, um, which they should. Um, I can only imagine how much money Chaz would have made if uh, he was able to get a piece of that during that year um, with that number three jersey. Cause I remember seeing them everywhere. Um, so I think it's great. Um, and I, I hope this, this, this collective continues to do great things because Again, without it, I think we'd be in trouble. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Chaz would be the UMass player who would who would have had you know the biggest impact in NIL had it been around in his day? I I think I think for those for those years it would have been Chaz for maybe the Travis era. I think it would have been Gary Forbes or Stefan Lazmi or Rayshon Freeman. Um, I mean, I can go down the list: Chris Lowe, Ricky Harris. I I think. I think the year with Chaz was just a little different though, right? Because we started off so hot. We got, we were, we were ranked and it kept climbing, kept climbing. We got up to number 12. Um, So I I think Chaz kind of became the face of the program there. And he was, he was a guy, how could you not root for him? (laughs) Like he, he was just incredible. His energy, like his first game at the cage, like his first game, his sophomore year, his first game in a UMass uniform, I believe, was at the cage. And he just threw this one half-court bounce pass. And you just felt like the energy change. And by the way, playing in the cage was awesome. <laughs> like, absolutely awesome. You had everybody on top of you. Um, but yeah, no, Chad, Chaz, was just, Chaz was just different. And it was, it was awesome. It was awesome to watch him for three years. On that note, uh, we've been asking two questions to everyone to sort of wrap things up. If you, as a coach, were down one in a game with 15 seconds left, you're designing a play, which player all-time UMass are you giving the ball to to take that final game-winning shot? You know, that's such a hard question because during my years, we had so many buzzer beaters. Uh, We had Terrell Vincent against Memphis in Boston. We had Samson Carter hit the shot against Harvard. Chaz hit a shot against Siena. Um, I played enough pickup ball to see Derek Kellogg hit about a hundred game winners. Um, so 
I don't know. It's tough. But the answer I would probably give is Chris Lowe, only because I know how what what kind of playmaker he was. And one of my favorite plays of all time was the Matt Glass screen for Chris Lowe to beat Rhode Island and knock them out of the NCAA tournament. So I'm going to go with Chris Lowe for this one. That's a great answer. That's the, you're the first person to to say that. So it's uh it's good to see that our, our pool of potential game winners just continues to expand. <laughs> and then the last question is if you could have had or could have now an NIL deal of your own. And obviously, you know, it's a little bit different when you're, you know, a full-fledged like working adult than to when you're in college. But if you could have any NIL deal, who would you want? Which company would you want, you know, on your line? If I was a college kid in Amherst, the NIL deal I would want is the hanger, without question. <laughs> without question. Um, I see like all the all the all the players that have NIL deals bring their teammates around and give them gifts. Like I would I would be bringing them in every every week for a meal if it's for football Sunday or just like to just relax. Um, I could definitely use it during winter break when, uh, <laughs> um, for sure. But I, I would definitely go the hangar at Amherst for my NIL deal. That's a great call. Uh, that's a great call. I lived next to the hangar my senior year, like 50 feet away. I probably had it twice, two nights to three nights a week. It was terrible for my waistline. Very good for the soul. So. I did not live next door to it and I was still having it two to three times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, Matt, if people want to find you online, where is the best place for them to do that? I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my handle is mvogel33. Um, I, I don't tweet much. I don't post much, but uh, happy to interact with uh, with anybody who wants to, to talk. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, are you going to be able to get out to the Mullen Center at all this year? The Mullins is going to be tough, but I oh, do but have my you, eye on the come to New York, of course, and and definitely the uh, the Barclays Center for sure. We'll hope to see you in Rose Hill uh, at the very latest. Um, thank you so much for sharing your UMass basketball journey, and thank you all for listening to Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minutemen Stories, brought to you by the Massachusetts Collective. As always, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much, and go UMass. Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So, UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass.